Welcome back to The Raven Calling. Thursday was the 20-year anniversary of Sharon's disappearance. The day quietly came and went. No news coverage, no posts, no fanfare. But I know I wasn't the only one thinking of her, though. This last almost year of research has been exhaustive for me. But let me fill you in on some discoveries. I have a notebook filled with notes, questions, answers, conversations, every single person I have reached out to, countless requests to the sheriff's department for records, and I somehow feel I am right back where I started. I'm discouraged that people do not want to help further, and contacts I thought were in it for the long haul have gone silent. I feel I am backed into a corner, but I will not give up. Sharon deserves justice, her family and loved ones deserve peace, and her perpetrator needs to be held accountable for what was done to Sharon. Throughout this last year, I have developed two theories of where her body could possibly be. With these, I was led to conversations and correspondence with a ground-penetrating radar specialist from New Hampshire, as well as the president of Peace River Canine Search and Rescue Association based in Florida to discuss cadaver dogs. Their organization went on to be involved with the Gabby Petito case when searches for Brian Laundrie were underway. I am so appreciative of their thoughtful responses and providing me with such useful information. Truly, two very fascinating lines of work, and two men who are kind enough to take the time to entertain my inquiries. I tracked down the owner of the Sunoco gas station that sits adjacent to the motel where Sharon's van was located. I asked if he had cameras at the time and if he had been spoken to by law enforcement. Unfortunately, he did not have security cameras in 2001, but police did speak to him. It would have been so helpful to maybe have a glimpse of who was driving Sharon's van to the drop-off point. I spoke at length with Sharon's mom, Sandy. She is not in great health and couldn't offer much independent of me prompting her. She could not remember much from the time. Sandy did state she was happy with the investigation at the beginning, but hasn't heard from the police in years. How traumatic it must be to live without answers to your daughter's whereabouts for 20 years. To make matters worse, after Sharon went missing, Alan immediately cut off ties between the kids and her and other family members. Sandy actually had to retain a lawyer and petition the family court to finally be granted visitation with her grandchildren 18 months after Sharon disappeared. Such a heartless thing to do to your children right after their mother goes missing if that says anything about the kind of man Alan is. Every request for records I have submitted to the Monroe County Sheriff's Office has been denied due to Sharon's case being, quote, unresolved and still under investigation. I can't help but be disappointed and actually a bit pissed off by this. I'm sorry, but I just don't believe anyone is doing any kind of work on Sharon's case. I've also been told as such by a friend who just retired from the Sheriff's Department. God, that's so frustrating to hear. All this to say, I am in it, and I will not stop. With or without anyone's help, I will continue to fight for Sharon. Someone needs to be her voice. I have talked the ears off of my very patient family and friends, and they too are invested and committed to finding answers. Please help. If you know something, or if you know someone who knows something, reach out. I am certain the perpetrator isn't the only one who knows what happened. Thank you all for your support for Sharon and for me and this project. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Raven Calling, and I hope you all have a wonderful and joyful holiday season.